0: Hello, hello, gorgeous goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of the Cool Mom 101 podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. It really, really means the world to me. So for episode 53, we are chatting with Lauren, who is the founder of Lauren Megan Co. And Lauren is an embodiment coach, a podcast host, and a mama of a two-year-old daughter. She is trained in a variety of healing modalities, such as Reiki and she's also an Akashic and Somatic Facilitator. So she is just a freaking powerhouse and she has really taught me a lot about stepping into my feminine energy, which if you've been following along with my journey, you know that is something I am very passionate about tuning into and learning about. So in this episode, we chat Lauren's birth story and how her friends and family reacted to her wanting a quote unquote non-traditional birth. We talk about stepping into your sacred feminine and also what exactly the sacred feminine means. And we also talk about her journey into conscious mothering and what that really looks like. So I hope you love, love, love this episode and get tons of value out of it. I know I did from talking to Lauren. Lauren. And make sure you check her out on Instagram at laurenmegan.co. And if you've loved this episode, like I said, please, please share it with a friend. Okay, let's get to it. Here's episode 53 with Lauren. So welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Emily. I'm really excited to be on and just chat with you today. Same. And I, uh, I will share, I'm selfishly
0: very, very excited to chat with you because I have personally been on a journey back into my feminine energy. So mm-hmm. it'll be really, really beneficial for me too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I feel that. I think a lot of us are.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So let's get right to the mom fashions. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Best part of being a mom.
1: Um honestly I I would have to say like the snuggles, like just having someone My daughter's two. So she's very much in that stage where it's all about mommy. And I selfishly just love it. Like, yes, it's a lot sometimes, but just to have someone that, I don't know, kind of needs you and thinks so. She doesn't know any of my flaws yet. So it's really cool to see.
0: (laughs) Well, you're flawless, right? (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so flipping the switch, what has been the most challenging lesson you've learned so far in these two years as a mama?
1: Um, I mean, I think we're probably going to dive into this with a lot of the work that I do. Um, but when I became a mom, it was definitely my rebirth. And I really, I think a lot of women lose themselves when they become moms, but I I think I found myself and I found my purpose and I started my business while I was pregnant. So she kind of gave me, I mean, I got pregnant during my Saturn return. So it was like the kick in the ass that I needed to get my life together. Can I cuss on the show? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I mean, that within itself, is beautiful. And also, you know, I've had to look at a lot of my shadows and my wounding and a lot of healing has come from stepping into motherhood
0: hmm. That is something I'm very passionate about as well, because I feel that it can be a very expansive experience if you let it. But I think like you kind of mentioned, a lot of moms do sadly really lose themselves inside motherhood. And I think if you want it to be, it can be super expansive. So I'm excited for you to expand on that later.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: What is your daily ritual Lauren? So what keeps you grounded? You have a business, you have a two year old, you have a partner, you got a lot going on. So what is that daily ritual that keeps you grounded?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I always allow myself space in the morning. Um, it kind of looks different. I I do flow with like my moon cycles. So sometimes it's 15 minutes in the morning. Sometimes it's really like leisurely and an hour, if I'm lucky, like two hours before she wakes up. But um, what I've really been grounding into uh, these past few weeks as I'm creating a lot of stuff within my business and just shifting a lot of things personally um, is Reiki self-healing in the morning. So going through my chakras and just clearing everything out and aligning Um, And then doing breathwork practices. And then I usually do some sort of movements and embodiment practice after that and usually channel in like Lakshmi energy or some sort of Isis like goddess energy Um, and just really like feel into gratitude and then my vision of what I'm creating and manifesting. And yeah, it really is like that felt sense of just coming back into my body every morning.
0: Mm, I love that. I've recently got a little bit more into goddesses, and I think it's something that is not as common, maybe. You don't hear it as much as meditation or even doing a bit of reading, that kind of thing in the morning. But I love this idea and finding the goddess that kind of speaks to you and that you're maybe aligning with and tapping into that energy. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's really, especially as you were saying about like that feminine energy, it just kind of helps support us, um, especially like when we're creating, it brings in that divine feminine where we can kind of, again, it's like that felt sense in the body and the goddess just kind of comes in and she's like, I can take care of shit for you. Just trust surrender." render. Um, so yeah, I love, I love working with goddesses and just tapping into that divinity.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. So, what are you most grateful for in your life right now?
1: Um, so I am actually going through a conscious uncoupling with my daughter 's father and we 've been together for ten years and One thing that I sat with this morning is I have a i 've created in the online space a beautiful support system and just this band of women that like help me rise so I feel really supported right now. I mean, I feel supported by God, by the goddesses, by my spirit team. And then I feel really supported just by the people that I've called into my life. And um, just the fact that, you know, I continue to trust myself and I continue to find safety within myself. um, That's something that I used to not be able to do. So I would say that's really like what I'm anchoring into as gratitude right now.
0: Yeah, your community, it sounds like, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So last one of this opening series, this question gets a little deep. Uh, What is your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning? What inspires you to keep working with women? What gets you tapping into these goddess rituals and really being the best mom for your daughter? What's your why?
1: Um, I would say the first why is my daughter, Elliot for sure. Um, and shifting a lot of like these generational patterns and levels of low self-worth that I think that we, I mean, I don't think I know that we pick up on as women. So I would say that's my first why is just being able to shift myself and heal myself in a way where I can show her what's possible, where she doesn't have to go through, a lot of the challenges that i've had to go through especially around worthiness and loving myself and being enough um and then the larger although that's like really big impact um the larger like more global impact is to help shift consciousness which i think we really need right now and just to create my ripple in the world and just honestly, if I can empower one woman, which I've seen (laughs) happen many times, but I always just kind of come back to one woman. Um, I think that, you know, we can shift so much on this planet and the divine feminine is definitely rising. So, um, I love the role that I've been given. And I mean, my soul definitely chose this time in this body, these experiences. So, um, yeah, that would probably be like the bigger wise. Honestly, like how many lives can I change for the good? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And you know what I was just reminding myself of yesterday, so this fits in well, is that even with that one woman that you might be affecting, there's a ripple effect within her life. It affects how she mothers, so it might affect mm-hmm. her kids. It affects the people around her. So it it's wild to know that there's this ripple effect happening even if you don't hear and see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that a lot. You know, I've seen um not just with myself, but just like with the other women, just we're so powerful. Like women are so powerful. And I was just listening to a podcast and she said, and I I think this is true too, like the patriarchy is really try to take our power away from us um, because it's so forceful. You know, when an empowered woman is fully embodied, she's unstoppable. And that's like really threatening, I think, to the patriarchy as we're seeing in real time.
0: (laughs) As we are watching now. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I would love to first get into, for those who don't know you yet, what is your business and tell us a bit about how you started it. I love a good origin story.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to try to make this quick um, or sum it up as much as possible, but it's definitely not linear. There's been a lot of trials and tribulations and Um, I don't know if you follow human design, but I'm a 3-5 manifesting generator, so I've failed a lot in my life. Um, So I basically was at this space um, probably about six years ago where I had no direction and I um, I went on a run out in Colorado with my now ex at the time. Um or boyfriend, I don't even know how to say it. You're my first (laughs) podcast interview. I'm like, how do I even like say this?
0: (laughs) Don't worry, we'll get we'll get a key message going for you. I'll think of one.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, what's the best way to input this? Anyway, I went on a run and I had a huge breakdown and he reflected back to me that, you know, I always talked about wanting to be a life coach and always talked about wanting to serve other people because I had gone through my own sort of spiritual awakening where my senior year of college, I really hit this low point where I was taking way too much Adderall and partying too much, and I just like felt out of body. Um, so I ended up going to a uh, the school therapist, and I was just like, I don't want to be on medications. I just I need to learn how to handle my anxiety and my moods and all of this. So she introduced me to meditation, and that kind of created this ripple where I got really deep in my health and stopped eating you know, GMO foods and uh, toxins and just all all the shit that we should not be putting in our body that makes us very low vibrational. And like fast forward to being out in Colorado, uh, he reflected this back to me and I was like, okay, I can be a life coach. But then I decided to join a network marketing company. Um, and kind of hid myself that way, but it was really beautiful because it gave me that step into the online space. Um, so I did that for about a year and then I hired my first business coach and ended up leaving network marketing, but still try to do something with like health and fitness and, um, keto and like all these other things. And around the same time I had actually applied to, um, be a flight attendant with a major U S air carrier. And I was like, this is it. I'll have my own online business and I'll be able to fly the world and have all these perks. And it'll just be so amazing. And I actually got the job and I was in training and a week into training, I missed my period. And then three weeks later, Justin came into, um, into the city that I was training to visit and we took a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. So I ended up leaving training and flying back out to Denver and basically made the decision that we were going to, you know, move back to Florida to be with my family. And I told him that I was going to figure it out and I was going to create this business, but I wanted to be home with the baby because I had nannied while I was out in Denver. And I had witnessed all of these moms who you know, really, they're trying to do it all. And, you know, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I definitely have a lot of help with Elliot. I think that that's really beautiful to have the help. But there was always like a disconnect and something missing between the mom and the children. So um, I decided to, you know, really like take a natural approach with my pregnancy. And I had an unmedicated birth in a birthing center, and around the same time, I just I I birth this like baby of a business as well. I signed the day I went into labor. I signed two one-on-one clients. So I was just like, okay, this is my sign. Like I'm gonna do this, and um, I coined myself at first like a manifestation coach and a business coach. And honestly, that within itself, just being a new mom and running this business, I went through another like spiritual awakening and up level. And this past year, 2020, I, you know, got Reiki master tuned and uh, got trained in somatic trauma healing and really dove into like the energetics and got certified in Akashic records reading and just all these little pieces that I kind of knew I was meant to do. But I really trusted myself to invest in these certifications to really just expand my knowledge and really my confidence. And I would say, I got my first Reiki achievement in January of 2021, and everything shifted in my business after that point because my mentor really, really just reflected back to me that my role was just to trust and surrender and to stop forcing. And that the downloads would come in And the pieces would all fall into place and I just leaned into it and I went really deep on my healing. I mean, with a trauma certification that I got this past year, I learned safety and learned how to be in my body. So I figured out like, okay, there's an element to like being in the ethers and like astral and then there's also this element of like being grounded in the body and I've just learned how to merge the two. So this 2020 was actually a really like expansive (laughs) year for my business and really what what I would say is where I got like my grounding and my footing and had multiple sold out launches and just was able to serve women in a really big way. And now 2021 is going to be even bigger, (laughs) but I would say now um, what I call myself and this changes a lot because I am an MG and a Gemini, um, (laughs) but (laughs) just I'm going to put all the blame on my, on the stars. (laughs) Right. Um, But I call myself uh, an embodiment coach and an energetic advisor. So I really help business owners and women heal their trauma so that they can expand their capacity to call in more. And the primary basis of all of this is pleasure, play and purpose. So Um, I think the wording changes sometimes because I'm like, ooh, what sounds sounds more sexy? But um, the principle behind it is the same. It's really just to help women heal so that they can be in their bigness and be empowered. Mm, I love that. There was
0: so much to your story there that I just am processing because it was so interesting. And the first thing that really stood out to me was that – I didn't know you had a home, like a, not a home birth, but a birthing center birth. Yeah. So I had a home birth and it's like very rare to find other people. Even here in Vancouver, it's not common. So I would love if you could share your experience of how your maybe family, friends, etc., reacted to you deciding you wanted to have this, Different type of birth like it's not the typical right
1: yeah um I was super fortunate um, the last family that I ever nannied for when I was in Denver I nannied for one last family and it was this mom who she was like a little she was so funny she was she was stressed out a lot but she had very good intentions and she had um, her second baby she had a a, a medicated birth, and she's really the one that empowered me and told me that I could do it. And, um, and she had like a nine pound baby, which everyone, I mean, your body, oh my god, your body gives birth to the baby that your body can handle, really. So. That was like okay, well, she can have a nine-pound baby. I can do this. Elliot was not nine pounds, but she really she gave me the books and the resources, and she just empowered me. Um, and it was—I mean, I had a lot of people that questioned it. Um, I chose not to have my mom part of my labor experience um, or my parents. It was just Justin and my doula and the midwife, and then eventually, you know, the birthing team that came in, but. Um, I honestly, I was very intentional from the beginning of not listening to other people and just trusting my own body. So, I mean, even this is actually really funny, but I was at the store like a week before I gave birth and this lady she was, she was the cashier. She's like, Oh, where are you giving? You know? And I was like, really, really pregnant. And she was like, Oh, where are you giving birth? And I told her the name of the birthing center. And she like decided to interject and just be like, I know someone who tried to give birth there. And it was a terrible experience and yada, yada, yada. And, um, I just remember leaving and thinking, well, like a first of all, like you don't get to tell me that. Like that's so. I didn't ask for your opinion, but it was kind of like, it was kind of like I had to create certainty within myself before I even gave, like went into it. So even just hearing that, I was just like, you know what? I actually can do it. And you know what's funny is a month later, is at the same store. I think it was like Marshalls or TJ Maxx or something. I don't know if you guys have that in Canada, mm-hmm. but. Um, I, like, I just remember there was this other girl, she was super pregnant and I was like postpartum and I asked her where she was giving birth and she, or she like openly told me where she was giving birth. And I was just like, you're going to do amazing. Just trust yourself. Like if I can do it. And I was just like, that's like, again, it's like, that's what women need is just like an empowerment that you can do it. But the birthing staff at the, um, at the the um, birthing center, like they were amazing too. Most of what we did in our appointments was like mindset work, and just like leaning in and trusting. And one of my midwives, she had me like draw this picture of what I wanted my birthing experience to be. And I don't know, it's just it was a spiritual thing. I just again, like I chose to have the support that I knew I needed at the time. And my labor was no walk in the park, as so many you know, experiences aren't, but I just leaned into it. So, um, I don't know We're we're designed to have babies. <laughs> like that's yeah. all I kept. That's what I would say to people. I would just be like, well, I'm just like, I'm literally designed to have a baby and yeah, it's going to be painful and intense and all of these things, but I can handle it. So I just, I get, like, I've, I've learned so fully just to trust myself and just to have conviction in that. And honestly, F on the people's opinions, you know, (laughs) I am so with you. I just was so curious to hear
0: because for me, it was the first question. One of the first questions I would get was, what hospital are you going to mm-hmm. yeah and so it was always like this au- little bit of an awkward moment where i'm like i'm not going to a hospital <laughs> you know it's so it's just interesting and you're so right it doesn't matter what other people's opinions are but i'm just curious to hear what your experience was because it is still not as common i don't know what the numbers are in the u.s but in canada we don't have birthing centers per se um, but it's a very small amount of women who choose to do a home birth, like very small.
1: Yeah. you know what? I think COVID's changing it a lot because of the restrictions, and you know, mothers having to wear masks and only having one person in, and a lot of moms want doulas now because there is that, you know, your partner doesn't always know, you know, what's going to happen during the birthing process. So, um, I think in the U.S., it was that, you know, like one percent. And um I'm gonna like almost guarantee that as like things, it's just gonna continue to go up. So mm-hmm. that's a beautiful side, you know. Absolutely Everything happening.
0: Something I'm curious to ask you about on this topic now, because you have the background of trauma training mm-hmm. is I did notice a lot of people, women, would tell me their very traumatic birth stories when I was very pregnant. And I found that to be a very interesting phenomenon. I I was thinking to myself, why are you telling me this awful story when I'm about to go give birth? It seemed very interesting to me. But in talking with some people, they explained to me that's like a bit of a a trauma response to kind of want to share. Is that kind of how you see that playing out as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, birthing, it's all in the sacral and the root. So it's it is very traumatizing on a woman to go through a birthing experience and to feel like she has no control, which is what happens a lot of times um, in the traditional way of of even going to like the gynecologist, and I mean in Denver, I had like a very Western midwife, so they call them like nurse midwives, and she told me I wouldn't be able to give birth in a birthing center, and then I had to be in a hospital. And there was nothing wrong; like there was no, I had no preexisting consist uh, conditions. I was like super healthy. Baby was healthy. Um, but that's like that training. So I think, you know, we, we are kind of, we are conditioned to trust Western medicine so deeply. And a lot of women, they feel safer trusting it because of that conditioning. Um, and then they go into this very vulnerable state where no one advocates for them. A lot of times the partner doesn't know what to do. The woman doesn't know what to do. And, I mean, it's literally your whole sacral and root is being ripped wide open. And you're the most vulnerable that you are as a woman. And... Yeah, I think it's a projection that happens where people are just like I just need to share my story. There's probably never been a safe space for them to express that. It's just like, oh, that is what it is. You got rushed, rushed into a C-section. You're one of the stati- like you're one of, you know, however many. I mean, it's wild, especially in the United States. We have a very high number of C-sections. And I don't know. I I I do. I think it is a trauma and also it's very unsafe for that processing to not happen for a woman because then she projects that onto a mom who maybe wants to learn or know how to trust herself. So it's damaging on both ends. You know, I think women need to have six weeks in the U S is not enough. I think it's longer in Canada, right? Oh, so I took, well, I took just over a
0: year. You can actually take 18 months now in Canada and we get paid. So you get a small, it's not a lot of money. It's $2,000
1: a month. But I mean, it's better than nothing. That's more than what people are getting for their stimulus checks. Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing.
0: It, it is. And I am a huge advocate of it. A lot of amazing countries where there's very positive relationships with mother and child yeah. and where there's just, very positive view of mothers in general a lot of those countries like sweden norway etc they have those similar type of policies in place and i think i think it's actually inhumane to not have a certain amount of time because yeah. i don't know about you but i had a very quote unquote textbook labor i didn't even tear it was unmedicated like i had you know no extenuating injuries or anything like that. And it still it t- took me, you know, a month before I really wanted to do much of anything. So I just can't even understand how six weeks can be deemed sufficient.
1: No, there's no way. Because six weeks, you're barely like like I have chills just thinking about it, just because it's so devastating on I mean it creates a trauma within itself on the baby. And we're the only mammals that take our baby away prematurely like that and it's 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 harmful it really is you know kids are meant to be attached like they create attachment patterns and we are in order to create a secure attachment pattern they need to feel emotionally safe and heard and seen physically safe heard and seen um and 6 weeks just does not cut it it just doesn't and um Yeah, I think, I I think it creates a huge trauma. And I think it's, uh, there's so many things that, I mean, the US, the way that the US views mothers and women in general is just kind of a joke, honestly, like, it's so disempowering. And it's just so sad to see because I know a lot of moms where they're just, they're not even physically ready. They're not emotionally ready. They're just like, I don't know. It makes, it makes women crumble and it makes them feel like they're doing something wrong if they can't figure it out, you know? And that's not what it is. The system is, is what's wrong, not the woman. You know what Mm, I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. The system is fucking you. There's not really, I know women do come out of this okay and do create beautiful attachments with their children. I'm sure a lot do but it's really challenging to do that with six weeks. And I think about whether you decide to try breastfeeding or not, but you think about trying to breastfeed and then how do you keep that going after six weeks? They still breastfeed, my kids still breastfed on demand at that point completely, like it was constant some days. Yeah. Yeah. So the stress of trying to manage that, how do you expect a woman to be able to comfortably try and breastfeed if that's their goal? They can't.
1: Yeah. And like happen. the leaps that babies go through, those even like the first year and a half, the baby, I don't know. I mean, Elliot self-weaned around like 14, 16 months, which was really sad for me. <laughs> but also I was like, oh, I get my boobs back. <laughs> so it was good. <laughs> um, but I mean, at six weeks, she was so little and she was like, I literally lived with this baby on me, like all the time. And I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to shift. I have like a strong knowing that things are going to change, especially here in the US. But it's going to be like a lot of women like deciding like, hey, this is not working for us, especially we're raising conscious children now. Like we're as women and as mothers, I really do believe like we're waking up and we're realizing like, okay, these babies are meant to be with us. And yeah, we can have support and help. And that doesn't mean like self-sacrifice yourself at all. It's just like knowing in that season, you're there to be with the baby. Like it's part of the process, you know? So... Absolutely. And I think, (laughs)
0: yeah, it is, it's sad. But there's a huge difference to your point. There's a huge difference to at six weeks having to go back to work and Mm -hmm. leave the house at 8 a.m. if you work a nine to five job. Leave the house at 8 a.m., get back at 6 p.m., and then your baby goes to bed at eight or seven or whatever the time they go to bed. That's not very much quality time with your child, first of all. Mm -hmm. And that's way different than something like I had helping pretty early on where someone would come and i got 2 hours to go i would usually go do like a little fitness class this was after i did nothing for 3 months but i would <laughs> i would go have like a fitness class and maybe do like a little coffee or grocery shop or something yeah. the difference between that and having to leave for hours and hours at a time to grind at a 9 to 5 just depresses me frankly
1: no same like it's and also, I just, I feel so grateful that I think I was like, I always feel grateful for my nannying experience because I saw it a lot. Um, and I saw how it affected kids. And I just, even working with moms right now, like I know how, how hard it is. And I don't know, I just feel really, really grateful that I kind of knew what I wanted. And again, like made it happen so that I could stay home with her and, same thing. Like I've had help since the very beginning, um, which I'm super fortunate. And I know not everyone has the access to that. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's so devastating. It's so like, like, let's just, uh, I don't know, man, like, let's just shift it. Mm-hmm. Stop fucking around. This is how we raise conscious humans. Like at the end of the day, they're growing babies that are going to become humans that are functioning in society. So let's raise them so that they can, um, feel supported and functioning and it's probably gonna shift a lot of the shit that we're seeing in the world, you know? <laughs>
0: I am with you on that, girl. Mm-hmm. Something that switching gears a bit, something I was so curious to ask you about, I kind of alluded to in the beginning, is can you tell us what the sacred feminine is? And second part of this question is so what is the sacred feminine and how can we access that as business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders. So those things are often quite coming from the masculine. And how can we tap into the feminine while still running a successful business?
1: Yeah. So the first step is actually grounding into a sacred masculine um, and healing the the wounded and the toxic masculine that lives within you. So that's that in order to feel worthy, I have to do So doing to achieve, doing to receive, you know, support or validation, heal that. And that's inner child work, shadow work. And then the feminine from that space, that sacred feminine energy, that's all about receptivity and pleasure and play and just the flow and the feelings. And I mean, she's moody and dark sometimes. And I always have my clients do like a holy rage, like a sacred rage practice because the feminine loves to feel all emotion. So letting that come, come out. Um, but the first step is always like rounding into that sacred masculine so that she feels safe to activate within us. So we have these two energies living at the base of our spine is really where it starts. So again, it's that... Root chakra in the sacral energy or the Shakti and the uh, Shiva. So Shakti is going to be the sacred feminine, and then the Shiva is that God consciousness energy. It's constant. It's never leaving. It's always there. Um, The feminine likes to flow. So when those get activated, they move up through um, the spine and out into you know our our seventh chakra, into our eighth chakra, and beyond. And, um, from that space, that's where we get the creative downloads and, um, that's how we receive and, you know, that's how we receive pleasure and money and wealth, business owners, clients, (laughs) And, and the next steps. Like she has to feel safe to surrender and to release and to let go. And from that space, that's really where like the magnetism happens. So the sacred feminine. She um, every time, like I, I, I like picture her in her bliss, or at least my way of seeing her is, she's at like the top of a mountain, and there's you know thunderstorm and clouds and winds and just all the elements are activated. Like Mother Earth is activated to her fullest potential, and her hair is flowing, but she is sturdy and grounded and she's just open and surrendered and ready. So that's really how I see um, the sacred feminine energy.
0: Mm, I love that. So in terms of tapping into that sacred masculine you talked about and making sure that that part that lives within us is healed. So you touched on a couple ways that you can work on that. Which was shadow work, I think you said. Can you expand a little bit about how we can work on that sacred masculine?
1: Yeah, so ritual is number one. So, creating some sort of, I call it like a sacred discipline practice. So, this is something that you do usually in the morning to really ground yourself in the day. Um, And then the inner child work. So, we are living, we're basically little children living as adults right now which is so funny. <laughs> Most of us witness very toxic masculine habits and traits, right? So for me, I witnessed a mother who worked until complete exhaustion and until she physically like could not work anymore because she had burned herself to the ground, just trying to achieve and get places. Right. And then I, I, my dad was very uh, like structured and very masculine. And um, this is always like a good question to kind of tap into. I'm sure, you know, Ryan Yokomi; he's out in Vancouver as well, but he's, he's the one that asked this question a lot is, you know, what was the question that you were asked growing up as a child? Was it, what did you do today or how did you feel today? and the masculine wants to know what you did, the feminine wants to know how you feel, how you felt. Most of us were asked what we did that day, what did you learn, what did you achieve, what did you accomplish. And most of us that are feminine essence, which is most women, we we wanted to be asked what we felt. We mm-hmm. live in our feelings, our feelings move us and guide us. So being able to connect to that that inner child that lives within us, that part of us that is living a lot of times out of fear, out of attachment patterns, Um, sometimes codependency, we see that a lot in the coaching space where codependency comes up with like coaches and clients. I love healing my clients from that. I'm like, literally, I'm always like, you don't need me. I got you, but you don't need me. Right. Like, trust yourself. So all of these patterns come up from the ages of zero to seven. So what I do with my clients is I really work with them to heal these patterns and I take them into the felt sense of the body. So not so much working with the mind, although the subconscious mind is playing out, the real like quantum shifts happen when you can tap into their body notice the felt sense and the sensation to so the construction in the throat or the heart i always get this with women like the heart feels heavy or like it's closed off like learning how to soften that and giving that inner child what it is that she was needing right so did she need to feel seen supported heard witnessed did she just need a hand to hold and being able to access her and give her what she needs um, and then the shadow work, I would say the shadow work is also to kind of heal like the wounded feminine as well. So the wounded feminine, she she loves codependency. Like she is just like, hey, who is going to save me? <laughs> who is going to come in knight in shining armor, right? That's what a lot of us were taught as little girls is like, who's the knight in shining armor that's going to come in and save me? Um, so the shadow kind of helps heal that aspect where we can look at all aspects of ourselves, the darker parts and shed light on them and just say, okay, like I see this, this is a part of me and I'm just going to love it because love transmutes all energy. So I'm just going to love it. Maybe I'm a little loud or I cuss a lot or like whatever the fuck it is. Like I'm, I'm one of my things was I I felt so guilty because you know I'm a business owner. I love numbers. I love money. I like seeing you know the PayPal things, that dings, and the payments come through. Um, and I thought that that was like so bad because I thought, well, if I had, if I was spiritual, I couldn't have the nice things. And now I'm like, fuck no, dude. I'm super spiritual, and I love having the luxury stuff and the nice things. So that could be like a shadow, right? Those shadow aspects of around money, around power and influence and impact and just navigating those and healing them. And then the, I'm trying to think if there's a fourth thing. I think that's pretty good. I honestly, I forgot your question. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) No, we're talking about, we're talking about ways
0: that you can really harness that and heal that masculine energy so that your feminine can feel safe. And that's one thing I'm starting to understand really and learn is that you cannot receive from the feminine until you feel safe. And that is like you talked about healing that relationship. And for me with masculinity, I've found that (laughs) I have such an aversion to the masculine energy in a lot of ways and would just look for it in myself because I was sexually abused growing up. And so I had to heal a lot of those things so that I can have the masculine energy and not feel like it's an affront (laughs) to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's really common too. I work a lot with, with women who have, and even myself, like just being as a woman, like just having a man come in and not respect our bodies and who we are especially like again like our most sacred spaces are sacral it's our womb it's our yoni um, so first i'm really sorry that that happened to you i think it's always devastating and it's a trauma within itself but second you know it's really saying and a part of it is finding that safety first within yourself and then it's finding who you can call in as support and a lot of times at first, it's just that God, like consciousness energy, that feels safe, mm-hmm. right? Because God is 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 the divine masculine. That's that sacred masculine energy. So if we can lean onto this, is not religious at all. But if we can lean into that God energy, then we can really feel, you know, supported. So I love bringing that in when I do like womb healings and womb work, just so that women feel held and that's that that sacred feminine can release and just let it be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's such a journey too. It's, it takes time, I think is what I want people to know as well. And I don't know about your thoughts on this, but I'd love to hear it as I go through this type of work too. With shadow work, for example, it's not necessarily that you'll never see this shadow again, this particular (laughs) thing, it tends to kind of like pop back up. But I found for me, it pops up, but I'm a lot quicker to accept it, feel into it, and then move on, (laughs) kind of go to the next thing.
1: Yeah. So there's two things to that. One, we're secular uh, beings as women. So we're always moving through. Healing is not a linear journey. You're not just like, there's no end goal. We're constantly shifting and evolving and different things will always come up and trigger us. And um, we'll look at it and we'll be like, oh, okay, this is like another layer level. It's kind of like an onion. Like there's always layers to it. And then the second thing is really like Let me get my wording on this proper. Really being able to create a sense of flexibility within the nervous system. And again, that's the feminine that comes in because even um, our nervous system has the energies of the masculine and the feminine. So really being able to tap into like that parasympathetic nervous system and let it flow and fluctuate and knowing that sometimes things are going to feel darker or heavier or just more intense, and there's going to be, you know, le- levels of resistance. And then, other times, it's just, just going to feel like really easy and flowy. And none of that has anything to do with you, it's just the cycles of the universe. And as women, we're so tapped into those cycles, it's our gift um, to be tapped into that. So, it's really like honoring it and saying, Okay, this is a moment where I need to lean in deeper and just surrender and trust and what's coming up for me right now. Like, what is this trigger? What is this resistance? And taking that observer perspective where you're not placing judgment on it, you just can look at it from love and compassion and kind of just explore with it and become friends with it and nurture it and love it and just accept it, you know, and so often we want it to mean something like we cling to these stories of, Oh, this means I have to, this means all that works, did didn't work and you know, whatever it is. And it's not like that. It's just, it's, it's a constant cycle and you're always evolving and it's always shifting. But I will say with every layer of resistance that I go through, something really big and beautiful always happens on the other side even right now, as I'm witnessing like my whole life shift and change and, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, uh, grieving and just mourning, you know, a relationship that I had for 10 years. There's this deep knowing that everything that a year from now, my life is going to look so radically different and it's going to be so fucking beautiful. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea, But I just know it's going to be really beautiful. And I lean into that. And every time I get a download from the universe, from my guides, I take action on it. I trust it. I surrender. I lead from heart. I lead from my soul. And I don't attach myself to any of these stories that used to feel like they were keeping me safe, but were just keeping me stuck, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, I love all of that. We really are just little story making machines. And the more that (laughs) the more that we can understand that and kind of separate from it, I think the better. And I will just share that what you said about being the observer is something that has changed my life, frankly, is being able to look at certain things or relationships, etc., and just observe them and not feel like you have to, like you said, attach a meaning to it or judge yourself or be mean to yourself about it, which we have tendencies to do that sometimes. So that has really changed my life. So I think that's like a really good takeaway tip is to... Just look at it from that observer sense. Sometimes things will come up for me and I'll think, oh, that's interesting. Like, I see that (laughs) instead of judging it and being mad, sad, upset, whatever it is, uh, when it's just not simply the truth.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's honestly like what kind of helps Collapse like the timelines and just helps you I mean it again It's like a muscle that you work with and it gets easier over time like you've said um, but with that ease you're able to Move through the resistance much quicker. Like I remember I would hit my like my like lows and just be in funks for weeks and now like I mean On Monday I was a hot mess, just like, I mean, this is a very recent like awakening to we're gonna consciously uncouple and learn how to co-parent, you know? And luckily we're both pretty like emotionally intelligent that we can hold the space for one another as we do this. But on Monday, like I cried, I think from like seven AM till the time I went to bed and just like ugly sobs and let myself feel and then tuesday i woke up and i was just like you know what Energy is a choice like i get to decide and honestly like now i have to show up for myself and for my daughter and in my business in a way that i've always wanted to like that next level way um but this this time it has so much more meaning behind it you know so like lean into the resistance and lean into what's being shown and what you're like seeing within yourself um, because you can make miracles. Like we're, I mean, we make babies, we can make miracles. So
0: <laughs> if you wanted proof ever, we literally can grow an entire fucking human. I remember when I was pregnant, sometimes I would just think to myself, huh, I probably grew half a liver today. Right? Isn't that crazy?
1: (laughs) And our like placenta just kind of forms out of nowhere. Like I thought that that was the craziest thing. And then like in your third trimester, that's why you have pregnancy brain, your whole body and system is running off of your placenta, which is like this thing that is only with you for nine months that has so much power and grew. I told my dad that, and he's like, actually, your cells formed. I'm just like, shut up. Whatever. It, you don't get it. No. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yeah,
0: it is a fucking miracle. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I could talk to you forever because you just have so much knowledge and wisdom on so many things that are so important for every single woman on this planet. So I've thoroughly loved this, and I want to be respectful of your time. So we are going to have to get to the lightning round. Okay. But before we do that, I want to acknowledge you, Lauren, for the amazing work you're doing and the healing that you're promoting with women and showing them a way to tap into the their divine feminine and get into that quantum field. And it's just really powerful what you're doing. So thank you.
1: Thank you, babe. Thanks for having me on. It's been same, like I could talk to you. I'm glad we've connected, but Same. Um, <laughs> I'm like, someone like me, <laughs> I know, right? best friends for life. Yeah, um, this is really why I love the online space. Like, I have friends everywhere. I'm just like, I have a friend in Dubai. I'm like, how did this even happen? Yes, um, I do. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you. It's just, it's been an honor, and this work is really impactful. And even if you're like, just on your You're just starting your healing journey and you don't think it's going to make an impact. Like it's going to make a big impact, even if it's just your own little family circle and what you can give to your kids and your children.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love all of it. Okay. What's your favorite book?
1: Okay. I would say Pussy is one of them. Have you ever read it? I
0: haven't read it yet. I must read
1: You need to read that. Um, Pussy and probably Mary Magdalene Revealed. um, That healed. I was raised Catholic. So that helped heal a lot of like the Christianity wounds and the toxic masculinity associated with Jesus's story. Um, That was a really powerful read.
0: Awesome. I'm going to get both of those. I selfishly ask this question because I love reading. I'm always reading and seriously, <laughs> y'all always have the best suggestions and sometimes it's things I haven't heard of yet. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love what's, that. Your, what's your favorite drink?
1: Um, okay. So right now I'm sipping, um, cacao with a little honey and almond milk and that's like my comfort mm-hmm. drink. I love it. Delicious. Gives me a little buzz too for uh, podcast interviews.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, like a nice sustained buzz. <laughs> yeah. What is your current favorite podcast?
1: Oh man, I've been bouncing a lot. Um, what did I listen to today? I don't even know. I don't know if I have a favorite. Honestly, like I listen to four probably different podcasts within a day. Can I grab the name of this one? that yeah. I was listening to today because it's actually really, really powerful. Tell f- us. Um, okay, so it's called Balance Black Girl and it is mm. literally so, I don't know, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful, every episode I'm just like, fuck yes, let's go. <laughs> let's um, let go. Super healing, but I listened to a podcast episode today, an interview that she did. And you know, like when you listen to things and it's just everything that you need, it was one of those, so she has really good interviews.
0: Awesome! I like to take that as sign from the universe too. I'm like, clearly, this was exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My guides speak to me a lot through books and uh, podcasts. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is so interesting.
1: Favorite TV
0: show or movie?
1: Um. Okay. The office, obviously. <laughs> um. I also am like a really big fan. So this is part of my shadow. I used to like try to hide this, but I love reality TV. Like I am like, too, girl. <laughs>
0: don't
1: so, worry. <laughs> I love the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Like those, and I just started watching them, like Peter season, which, I'm, like, <laughs> but I've caught up. Like I've watched a lot of random seasons as well. So I love the Bachelor and the Bachelorette, and. Honestly, I just like shows that like make me laugh and kind of pull me out. I don't watch a lot of like uh, super sad shows or shows where like people die a lot. My system can't take it. I can't
0: handle it. I think even less so since I became a mom, I swear. Like Mm -hmm. I'm even more sensitive. I'm like, I can't watch. that.
1: Elliot was watching Finding Nemo yesterday with her dad and I told him to turn it off because I was just like, this is inflicting a trauma. And Why does the mom always have to die in a Disney movie?
0: I don't know. That's a whole another podcast episode. I know, right?
1: <laughs> Too
0: much. <laughs> what is your favorite place you've traveled?
1: So I'm going to Sedona. In um, I've actually I've never been out of the U.S., which is kind of sad and embarrassing. What? I know. Every time I tell people that, they're like, "How?" and I'm just like. I don't know. I thought it was going to be like with flight. It, my parents never travel like right. their homebodies. Our vacations were just going 30 minutes to the beach in Tampa. So um, I missed out on that. And then I was going to go to Spain to study abroad and my dad like shut it down pretty quickly. So I've had to heal like a lot of my family's like fears around traveling. Um, but I'm going to Sedona and I think I'm going to love that. But my favorite place is so random. It is right outside of Amarillo, Texas. And it's called Palo Duro Canyon. It's the second largest canyon in the U.S. And it's literally you drive and it's all farmland. And then you just see these drops in the earth of like pink and orange. And staying there overnight and like you're a mile deep. And it was the first time I saw the stars without like any light pollution. So that was a holy moment for me. (laughs) Mm.
0: It's stunning. I'm very lucky that where I live, there's essentially no pollution and I live on a little bit of acreage. So you can see the stars. And honestly, I am grateful for that every time. I'm like, this is so beautiful. (laughs)
1: stunning. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's such like a gift because you can, you can connect in and there's so much light pollution here. In Denver, when we were living in Colorado, we could get away like as much as we needed to, but even still there, it wasn't the same. So I'm super excited to go to Sedona um, (gasps) because I feel like that's going to be really healing as well.
0: Absolutely. It is. And if you could jump on a plane tomorrow, because we can't travel right now. Where would you go?
1: Um, I like have really been wanting to go to Paris. <sighs> like there's a lot of expansion happening and I don't know. I just, it, it's been popping up a lot. So I think I would go to Paris and just like spend a week there by myself and drink a lot of champagne and have sex with like a really dreamy French guy and just, I don't know. Eat crisps. lots of clothes. <laughs> Meander the street. Oh,
0: yeah. It's a whole vibe. I can yeah. see that for you. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So final question before we wrap up. So something I'm very passionate about teaching women is confidence. And you did mention this earlier, too. So I'm glad that you did mention it. And I would love to hear from you. How do you see confidence? Like, how do you define it?
1: Um, confidence is non-judgment like of yourself and of other people and women to me that's the sexiest thing when you can be so safe in your skin and just feel so good that you walk into a room with like 50 other women and you don't feel the need to talk shit or to judge um and I would say so here I'm just going to give this because it's downloading in my biggest tip to building your confidence especially after having a baby is to do mirror work naked after a shower. So literally speaking to yourself in the mirror, butt-ass naked, rubbing yourself down with coconut oil, maybe dry brushing, like just make it a vibe and just like love your – like it's, a, it's so empowering and you get to see all your perfections and um, it's really healing.
0: Mm. I'm adding that to my repertoire. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what I'm doing later. <laughs> it's such a vibe. Awesome. Well, this has been so amazing. Thanks so much. I want to make sure everyone goes and follows you. So, where is the place you hang out the most? Where can we find you?
1: Um, so, I hang out a lot on Instagram at laurenmegan.co. Um, and then my podcast is The Lauren Megan Show. And all of my offerings are on my website, laurenmegan.com. And I'm hosting my first retreat in March. And we might be doing a naked activation (laughs) because And um, I'm in the process. Actually, when this comes out, I am launching my first certification, which includes Reiki, Akashic Records, empowerment coaching, and embodiment work. So Mm. those are my two
0: little things. (laughs) Awesome. That is so, so cool. And make sure you go check Lauren out. Thank you so much again and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.